is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm under arrest. I'm under what? I just want to do whatever at the Smogville World Fair, it's World Champion Podcast. I'm Bre- Brighton SLC. And I'm Sean Black. Shoo! Shoo! Sean Black. Sorry, guys. We're having a real problem with crows here in Smogville. It's a full-on crow infestation. It's awful. It's hard. We can't go anywhere. Right. We can't and, do anything. And the, I would say the biggest problem is we can't sleep. We're it's in the, awful. We're in this rickety, echoey Ferris wheel car. And it, it's just, ka, ka, ka. You can hear it. You can hear it. You know what's going it's, on. This is day and night. Just to catch you guys up, we are the World Champion Podcast, a general discussion show where we talk about uh, wherever the, the conversation want, takes us to right. wanting to talk about. We kind of just let the spirit handle it. It's like, yeah, it's like a stream, the stream of consciousness. It's almost like a, what is it called when, when you, you're like your eyes roll back in your head and then your great-grandfather talks to you through possession. Through some, yeah, seance. It's like that. It's like a seance kind of situation. Right. We're channeling our own spirits. We're though. channeling our own selves, which mm-hmm. is really remarkable. It is pretty fascinating. Um, as experienced podcasters, we were recruited by the Smogville. World Fair mm-hmm. signed a bad contract, and here we are. Yeah, and now there's crows everywhere. I don't want to point fingers, right. but uh, do you remember about a week ago when all throughout the fair, everywhere you turned was a crow food stand? Right, and it and it was so expensive. That's what I was shocked about. Was, was who's going to pay these kind of prices for crow food? Right, you have to drop a Sacagawea dollar mm-hmm. to get uh, a handful of crow food. But and it's kind of addictive, so you keep going back and getting more and more and more, and just spreading this crow food around. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's spread everywhere. I, I was seeing crow food everywhere I looked, and it was so expensive that a lot of it didn't sell. So there's these surpluses, strategically placed through the uh, through, through the fair, and they just dumped it. They dumped the barrels out and left. They should have put a lid on the barrels. For yeah, everything. yeah. Or, or even left it in the barrels would would be nice. Well, what didn't help is when. So to try to correct the problem, mm. we prohibited crow food. Mm-hmm. Then Elliot Ness showed up with a big with a newspaper man mm-hmm. and and took an axe to the barrels. Yeah, I know. So they'd I, spill out everywhere, and then front page of the of the paper. It was it was quite <laughs> happening. I don't even know how else to describe it. The whole town was there. And and what would you call a a group of crows is a murder. What would you call multiple murders? Is this like a mass murder of crows? A mass murder of crows, a serial killing of crows. Right. A Hannibal Lecter of crows. Mm-hmm. It's it's not good. No, it's not good. It's just awful. A war of crows? War. Because war is murder. That's pretty good. A war of crows. That's not that's the that might be a good name for a band. War of crows? Yeah. Like a metal band? A metal band, War of Crows. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, so let's, let's talk about metal. Yeah, speaking we? of metal, we're, we're excited to introduce a new segment. Yes, this is a new segment. Let, let me preface it before I, I announce the sweet name and, and just explain. I was thinking, because we've talked, first of all, about guitar solos. We've been having this ongoing who's the best guitarist, who's the, the most beloved guitarist discussions. Mm-hmm. So, so that got me thinking. I went to that metal restaurant in, in San Diego. And then I just, it just seems to keep coming up. And I was going through my music and I found some, some metal records I haven't listened to in a long time. And it just popped into my head. I'm going to start reviewing every week a different metal album. And this is going to be kind of a loose ter- term for metal. It's going to be metal, but I mean, I'm not going to be super, you know, it could be, it could be Cannibal Corpse, but it also could be like Soundgarden or something. There's, there's so many different categories of metal. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, you, and you have to say it that way from what I understand. Metal. And, and I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I was never really into metal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I kind of, you know, I respect the hell 
out of a metal guy when I see him at uh, Alberto's. Oh, they're they're hardcore. When I'm getting a late night burrito and there's a guy still rocking the long hair and the, the I'm I'm rocking the denim long hair vest. right now. No, but I mean, but you're oh, I know not you're metal. talking about. I know I know I'm not metal, and that's yeah. a big reason why I want to do this. Is because I like a lot of metal, but I go around like my buddy Matt is way into metal, and when I go around him, I just feel like a clown. Why would our listeners have in, would care about Matt in any way? He designed our logo. Exactly. He's a great artist friend of ours. He's very, very into metal. And he, he designed our, our wonderful logo that you probably have never seen or, and, or noticed. Yeah, yeah. You know, what, who cares? It's but, great. And I, just to paint a picture of Matt, uh, I haven't seen him in, gosh, a long time. Mm-hmm. At that time, his beard was down to his belt buckle. Yes, he can... He can so tuck his beard. Point, I don't. I don't even know. It's got to it be down to his knees or something. Yeah. So yeah. So he's been growing his beard for probably five, six years. Yeah. He can tuck it into his belt buckle. Mm-hmm. His hair is probably down to his mid back at least, probably longer. And he has black hair, black beard. He generally wears black shirts, black pants, and then he has black leather boots. And he, when he plays magic, he uses a black deck. Oh, okay. There you go. Just to complete it. Yeah. When he plays magic. <laughs> and he, he's really good at the, the guitar. Anyway, he's way into metal. I go, go hang out with him once in a while, and I just think, I'm just a poser. Like, knowing about Pantera and Slayer and, and At the Gates and stuff is just, like, the surface of metal. So this is, this is a, a reason for me to really delve into it. <clears throat> and so I thought the first week, well, first of all, I, I'm going to go with the title of the, of the segment. And it's based on, to me, the epitome of metal. I think of every type of metal I think of, if you wanted to have one band represent all of metaldom, to me it would be Manowar. So I'm going to go with a song title by Manowar called Blow Your Speakers. Okay, I, now as, as the sort of uh, layman of this conversation, mm-hmm. I'd like to take this opportunity to describe uh, the picture that comes up when you Google Manowar. Okay. So the third picture. Okay, on the left... We have a shirtless guy mm-hmm. who's very oily, oily, uh, wearing sort of a loose-fitting speedo type thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next to him, we've got this shirtless guy who's oily, who's wearing like a cake classic caveman type thing that goes over one shoulder, <laughs> yeah, like fur, like kinda? yeah, like made out of the skin of a tiger. Uh, <laughs> in the middle, uh, a shirtless guy who's very oily. Wearing more of like a leathery-looking white uh, speedo type thing, and he's got a big furry glove, right? That's like an animal's paw. Then, then mm-hmm. all the way on the right edge is a guy wearing a very complicated, strappy, leathery, leathery situation, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got a mustache. Yeah. So the, they are they they look like four Conans if Conan was from New Jersey, uh-huh. <laughs> something like that, and. They play, according to their, to their I kind of looked up some information on them. I, I was a huge fan when I was a teenager and growing up. I, I really loved Manowar. And it's the first, one of the first instances in my life where my irony turned to sincerity. We talk about this sometimes, where we ironically will like something, and then it will become a sincere like. And Manowar is that way, where I, I first just thought, these guys are so goofy. This can't be real. I, I kind of actually got into them because I couldn't believe they were real. Yeah. They, they look like Conan. Their songs are about wizards and warriors and medieval knights. They have just all kind of, just that sword and sorcery fantasy kind of thing going yeah. on and Vikings and that sort of stuff. And then I, the more I got into them, the more I thought these guys are for real. And I, I actually bought a live, it was like a live, I think it's called Hell on Earth which was followed them on tour for two years around the world. These dudes are for real. They live this. They just drink and screw girls, and they, they ride their motorcycles up onto stage. So they built this ramp that goes through the middle of the crowd where they, they come up on their, their motorcycles and, and drive them onto the stage. It's, so, like I said, I went back and kind of looked up some information on their website. So... Let's see what I what, what what kind of info I've got. So there there's metal's broken up into so many weird genres, and I don't know them all that well, or some of them I don't know at all. These guys are considered power metal, and that when you hear that, that makes sense. They're very 
<laughs> you you kind of have to be wearing a furry glove. Yeah. And then you raise it up in the air. Yeah. It's and it's, pump your it's very triumphant. Yeah. So <coughs> according here's a, a couple tidbits. In 84 the band was put into the Guinness Book of World Records for d- delivering the loudest performance. A record they have since broken themselves on two occasions. Nice. So they're the loudest band in the world. They also hold the world record for the longest heavy metal concert after playing for five hours and one minute in Bulgaria in 2008. And their slogan is Death to False Metal. Now, on their website, they sell all kinds of typical metal stuff, but they have a, you know, shirts and, and hoodies and all that stuff, but they have a challenge coin on there. And I listened to it. Have you heard of these challenge coins? I don't know what that means. It's it's like a big coin. I was I was hoping you knew more details about it. <laughs> oh dang! But they, they talk you about buy this. crow food with no, it. No, it's something that you give to someone else, and it's like a secret sort of. Okay, uh, just real quick because I am not going to sit here and read this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Remember in Game of Thrones when he gives her the coin and says, "Show this to anyone and yes. say Valor Margolis." It sounds like it's that. Yes, and but so- in real life. So I'm curious who you're g- giving this coin to, this man It's given to prove membership when challenged and to enhance morale. It's typically a military thing. That's right. That's what they were talking about. They were talking about the military. So I guess you were, you, this is awesome because this is a way to show if you're actually metal. You go to the Manowar concert. Some other metal guys come up to you and they're like, oh, you look like a poser. Show your challenge coin. And then you pull it out, and that's like, I am into metal. I'm for real. But you can just buy it? Yeah. Okay. Because I could buy one. The fact you want to buy it, though, proves you're metal. I guess, yeah, I guess so. It is 1495 euro. That's pretty rad. <laughs> it's, got, it's got, like, basically Conan the Barbarian on the front with a right. sword in one hand and a fist in the other. I just, it, I just couldn't imagine a scenario where I'm going to run into someone who likes Manowar, first of all. This is a lot more useful if you probably live in, in Europe. All right, here's another thing I found on their website. Amongst the challenge coins and shirts, you can actually buy guitar lessons from the guitarist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's $99 for a half hour. And uh, like on Skype? or I, I'm, I'm imagining it is. It's got to be Skype, unless you're in his area. If you're in <laughs> upstate New York or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I guess just drop by the apartment sometime and yeah. I'll show you... Show you these scales. $99 for a half hour. And that, I just, I thought this is, I don't know. I don't even know what to think of that. Is that cool or not? It's kind of cool you'd have access to, to a, a shredding guitarist. But at the same time, it, it just it seems weird. Can you imagine getting singing lessons from Bono? <laughs> Where he's like, yeah, $99 yeah, for yeah half I, I, paid a, I paid 100 bucks. Now I get to go and he's going to show me how to sing, you know, the song from Sound of Music. Like do re mi fo sa, you know, in in the bono in the bono way. All right, let's get. I'll tell you some other tidbits about the band before I describe this record I listened yeah. to. So, according to the band's official bio, Scott Columbus, their old drummer, he's now passed away, was such a ferocious drummer that in his prime, a normal drum kit would shatter by the end of the gig. Shatter, shatter. What are they made out of? I guess they used to be made out of glass. <laughs> I'm guessing. Yeah. Wow. When I said these guys, I want them to go first, and I want the, the segment to be named after them, it's because they are just the epitome of metal. They, their history, they, they, in 1980, Joey DeMaio, or DeMaio, the bassist, uh, met guitarist Ross the Boss. <laughs> so first of all, if you're called Ross the Boss, like, you yeah. know, that's, that's, that's metal. Yeah while working as a bass tech and fireworks manager for Black Sabbath. So they were, they were one of them was, was a, a, I guess, a, you know, the bass tech. I'm, I'm guessing that's Joey. And then the other guy was a fireworks manager for Black Sabbath. Ross the boss, Ross the fireworks the boss. manager. I like it. They decided to make their record. Their first out, and, and that's what I'm, I'm going to review. It's called Battle Hymns. The cover is this weird kind of almost like stone eagle it looks a lot like something that would be under a standard. You know, the underneath, underneath it, the flag would be on a pole. Uh, like, like Caesar's standard. Like that type thing. of thing, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay, then this is what's kind of mind-blowing about it. This is a, you know, just this... <sighs> I this just, is their debut album? It's debut album, 1982, I believe. Yeah, that's right. 
they got uh, Orson Welles to be on it. This is and this is the greatest era of Orson Welles. Oh, this yeah, this is this is fish sticks commercial right? frozen teas or Orson Welles. So there's a song called Dark Avenger. It's a very epic ballad, and in the mid well, not, not ballad, power ballady. At the in the middle, Orson Welles d- does this speech about about a sword was given to him, and a and the, there's a hell steed, and it, and they're galloping out of hell to get vengeance and stuff. And I was like, wow, maybe Orson Welles just really was hard up for money. But he came back for the next album (laughs) and recorded another thing, another fantasy metal thing. Yeah. Uh, Is it about them? Well, this is, okay, I'm glad, that's the perfect question. So the standout, one of the standout tracks on this record is called Manowar. It's about them. It's about, the, the first verse is kind of about them forming as a band. And then the rest of the song is about them going out and conquering. And they're using, it just weirdly goes between them playing concerts and them ransacking towns. So it's kind of got this Viking conquest of the world thing. And the, I just love that they sing about how great they are. They're, they're very upbeat. They're not quite, when you think of metal, a lot of times you think of really dark stuff. These guys are kind of happy metal. They just sing about how great they are and how powerful they are and how people are posers and they're the best. I, it's, just, it's just such a great thing. That's kind of what we do. That's kind of what we've Maybe that's why it appeals to me. Um, did you know that they re-recorded Battle Hymns? And I was going to get to that. Since Orson Welles was dead, they replaced him with... With Christopher Lee. Naturally. Who is now also dead. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we found that out recently. But that, but that seems very... I don't know. Why... Did they re-record the entire album? Yeah. Like everything? Yeah. That's a, that's a weird move. I mean, it was the 29th anniversary of the album's <laughs> release, so you got to do something special. Re-record everything? On the 29th. And they, yeah, it was called Battle Hymn 29? Or Battle Hymn 30? I don't know. Oh, 2010? 2011? MMX1. So, so it's, not even, it's just like an odd date? They just threw on the current date, n- yeah. regardless of how many, a nice round number like 30 or 20 or 25 yeah. or something. Uh, let's... Oh, the one last thing I want to say about this record is it has this, the eighth, the seventh song. There's only eight songs, which is kind of great. I kind of miss the days of a record with eight songs, you know. The, I'm sure they're really short, too. Well, some... They are kind of actually short. Some okay. of them, they always at least put one really like 10 minute epic song. And the, the, the sixth song and eighth song are very long. But the seventh song is called William Tale, William's Tale. And it's just the bassist playing. And I, and I remember. And I- What's that? I've heard, I've heard him doing Flight of the Bumblebee. That's what I was going to say. I remember yeah. on the live uh, VHS I had of, them, of their world tour, he plays Flight of the Bumblebee. This is an er- I'd never heard this earlier version, or I'd skipped past it or something, or I'd t- completely forgotten about it, but that's... <laughs> it's just so dorky. Can you imagine going in the studio and being like... First, I couldn't believe he could convince the guys. I guess, I guess if you're... Well, Ross the Boss... You'd have to convince him. That'd be hard. Yeah. Because a name like that, you, you don't know. He's going to put his foot down. <laughs> yeah. The, the vocals, I'm not sure. The, but you go in, guys, I want to play. And it's, it's, just, it's a recognizable song, but it's, it's, I don't know if it's been in so many commercials since then or something, or cartoons. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's cartoons. And s- same with Flight of the Bumblebee. Like, yeah. I, but I guess there, uh, there's a lot of notes. Because if you're doing, say, yeah. uh, Ride of the Valkyries, which mm-hmm. would make more sense. Dur, 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 but that wouldn't sound not, as, yeah. it wouldn't be as impressive. I could probably play that. Yeah. That's true. It's just, Flight of the Bumblebee sounds cool on the bass. And this sounds pretty cool, but it's just hard. To, it's just... <laughs> it's so I know. But I guess he got, a, he, he got them to agree. The production of the record is very impressive. Uh, I can't believe how well it's held up. It has it sounds really great. I remember when I first heard about them. Uh, I think not in high school. Shortly after high school, does not matter. Uh, but my friends were telling me about them, and we they played me some songs, and I was like blown away, of course. Right. And I said, 
wow, what do these guys look like? And my friend said, triumphant. Yep. And that's that's definitely accurate. That describes them, yeah. yeah. It's very triumphant. Uh, metal is such a weird genre because in in some ways, the people that play in these bands seem like goof, goofy people. They just It's hard to take them seriously. But then to actually be successful in this genre, you have to be a super talented musician. And and if you're these guys, you have to be very fit. Oh, yeah. These guys are all buff. This, so I'm and, imagining they practice eight hours a day and then work out eight then, hours a yeah, day. Yeah, work out and then party, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's because just every member is really great at their instrument, including the singer. The singer could probably sing opera if he wanted to. So, uh, Well, Battle Hymns is on Spotify, if mm-hmm. anyone wants to check that out. Yeah, Manowar is not going to be hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> Google them. They have a website. They've been around for 30, 40 years. Yeah. But this is a great record. I like it a lot. Oh, yeah, I was wrong. The songs are normal length. I just assumed that I'll be like 13 minutes long. Well, on later albums, they do have a later album where the first song is 35 minutes long or something okay, like that. That's so. what I was expecting, yeah. <laughs> this, is the, this is just the beginning. I, d- I do prefer Manowar a little later on, but this is a solid beginning. It's a great record. Now, Manowar is what? It's, it's like a stingray? It's a giant jellyfish. Giant jellyfish. And I think it's also some sort of ship, some sort of hunting yeah, ship. Yeah, it's, it's a big battle, some kind of, not, not a battleship in like a current one, but one made of wood. <laughs> yeah. So I went uh, on this lovely sunset drive out to the Great Salt Lake this weekend and was espying <laughs> the various islands out there. Okay. And was wondering, what are these islands? Um, uh, there's Antelope Island is a famous one where you go get bit by mosquitoes <laughs> um, and in, in, covered in spiders. Really? Like, oh, look at the ground. It's moving. It's spiders. Really? There's, there's lots of spiders? That's what I've heard. I've not witnessed this because I'm not about to. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a Scooby-Doo island. It does, yeah. It's covered in spiders. Spider island. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of, I know everyone's dying to hear our thoughts on Captain America's Civil War. You haven't seen it yet. No. Um, so I don't want to spoil anything, but I do want to say that uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man is so perfect that I almost cried. That's what everyone's been I was saying. Because like, oh, I was skeptical. I was like, I don't, I don't like him as a little kid. No, absolutely perfect. If you have any conception of Spider-Man from the comic books, wow, this is it. And it's, be- it's a thing of beauty. How do they do it? How does, yeah. Mar- how do they, how does Marvel do how it does Marvel when, when do it? others fail? Other, others can't do it. It doesn't make it. sense. It's, it's their, their track record on their movies. The only one that I thought was kind of weak was Age of Ultron. Yeah. Is that what it was called or just Ultron? No, Age of Ultron. Yeah. That's the only one that I thought, this is not that great. But the rest of them are all great. Even Ant-Man where, where after the Scott Pilgrim director guy, what's his name? Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. When he dropped out, I was like, oh, this is going to be garbage. Yeah. And it, that's pretty good. Pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't, I, they must, I don't know. They, they got, it's some, some kind of secret, man. <laughs> it is. We can't even crack it. Because this is, <clears throat> you know, usually when, when things get this bloated, this big, there's so many cooks in the kitchen that the, the, the end product is just garbage. Because they're trying to please everybody, right? Yeah. But this is this is pleasing everyone and making a ton of money and costing a ton of money. Maybe that's it. Is that just the uh, Kevin Feige, the so-called architect of it? Maybe he's just so singular in his own vision, and it is just kind of his thing. So it's not a huge committee. Yeah. So it's kind of him okaying things. Yeah. I mean, John Favreau and Joss Whedon get a lot of credit for what they did, but they were. I mean, as Joss Whedon was saying, like he was getting hammered. You have to do this. You have to do this. Right. This. So even though they hired these auteurs, they're still controlling them pretty much. Hmm. So I don't know. Well, then he's, you know, he's doing something right. Yeah. Um, someday he'll be able to buy his own island. So anyway, I'm looking at these islands. One of them is called Fremont Island. Okay. A small island in the Great Salt Lake. And I just fell in a, in a rabbit hole online and, and just thought it would be worth talking about because I found it very interesting. All right. Lay it on me. Uh, Fremont Island, named for John C. Fremont, who's an explorer. Okay. Um. In the early days of Utah history, shortly before we even achieved statehood, uh, Brigham Young settled here with his big band of Mormons. Mm-hmm. And uh, they noticed that in the Salt Lake Cemetery, there had been some disturbances in the recently dug graves. 
tracked that back to a man named Jean Baptiste. Wait a minute. Was was Salt Lake settled at all before Brigham Young? Not really. Was it there was, a uh, village? I mean, there, was, there were natives. Well, yeah, but I mean, was there an actual any kind of city or settling? No, I don't think there's anything going on out here. Okay. Brigham. Yeah. Um, so Jean Baptiste, they go over to his house and they find sixty pairs of shoes, many sets of clothing, personal belongings, uh, belonging to about three hundred different graves. Wow. Um, he stole clothes. Now, in the Mormon faith, your burial clothes are very important. Okay. I think more so than other religions. All right. Um, and we're not, we won't get into that. But basically, people were very upset. Very upset. Uh, mob gathered. Uh, I, there's some quote that is maybe not true where Brigham Young said, you know, if I could kill him with my own bare hands, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, not sure if it's true, but supposedly he was branded across the face. Wow. With something symbolizing he was a grave robber. So to punish maybe him. Maybe a GR. Yeah, a GR. <laughs> or no, it's a shovel. It's a little shovel. And That'd be he better. To, he had to have a challenge coin mm-hmm. with like a spooky skeleton on it. Yeah, they started out with the GR, but then too many people just thought he liked Guns N' Roses. Uh-huh. And so he's like, no, 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 a shovel. So it's GR and a shovel. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what they well, did. Well, now it's just the shovel, but his face, they couldn't get rid of the GR. Yeah. So... So they rode him out to Fremont Island and no, just well, left him there. Before you, before you continue, is this disputed, this branding of the face thing? Or yeah, like, there's why a lot it? of stuff that's, that's unreliable. Um, all, like pretty much all the reports of him are, have since kind of become legend. Okay. And so a lot of it is, you know, sort of third-hand accounts and this game of telephone that's going on. And getting romanticized. And, yeah. Okay. Uh, but what we do know is that uh, he wasn't safe in jail because... You know, he had violated a really important tenant of the faith. So they rode him out to Fremont Island and just left him there. Just, here you go, pal. You live on a desert island. Okay. Um, They went back to... They had cows out there in, like, a little shack because they were, like, cow... What what are cow people called? Ranchers? Ranchers, I guess. Cow people. So they went back to to check on their cows. They could Um, be called principals. I'm not sure. I know what principals do now. Okay, I guess we'll get to that. We'll get to that. The letters. I just, I just remembered that. Um, so they found that one of the cows had been killed and, it's, and skinned and tanned, apparently with this guy's bare hands or a this, rock or this something. This surprised them? Yeah, so well, a cow had been killed. Was he supposed to go out on the island and just sit on a stool until he died? Of course he's going to try to survive. Yeah, uh, and then uh, this cabin had been torn apart. And boards were missing, oh, so they so think it, he built a raft and, and floated away. It wasn't his cat. Was he staying in the cabin, or there was just a shack there? So he it was just a shack. So he made a boat there. and he made. So he an killed outfit. a cow, made an outfit. So he's basically uh, the revenant. It is he's the revenant. Glass in a lot of ways, and, and then just paddled away. So he's gone. Yeah, just gone. Did they find him? No, never been solved. Oh, but they did find a skeleton of a man with an iron clamp around his leg. Um near the Jordan River, which feeds into the Great Salt Lake. So there was speculation that it might have been him, um, but then they confirmed that he did not, in fact, have a ball and chain. <laughs> so, uh, and then we just, I guess, forgot who I this ball and chain guy oh, was. Well, well. Oh, well. Well, think about detectives back then. Can you imagine being a detective in 1860? You must, there just must be corpses everywhere, yeah. and you're like, I have no idea. Well, have and you... even back then, it's like, I shot him dead because he was looking at me mighty funny. Right. Well, you got, you got to stop doing that. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. Um, so that's not, that's just background information because I just thought this was so weird and interesting. I was like, well, Fremont Island, I want to go out there. But it's owned by a private company. Now, that seems weird to me. I understand the land ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that you got your ranch, your farm, your home. But it just seems weird to me that you can just buy an island out in the lake and, like, I can go look at it, but I can't go there. You know, like you're just, I think you're not growing crops there. You don't live there. You don't frolic there. You just own it. Just. I've, I've always sort of thought the idea of land ownership was weird. It's since, weird. Since I was a little kid, even yeah. our little squares here in town, you know, the, the little property. Do you know what's even weirder? Well, yeah, like yeah. Uh, just our, our yard, you know, is, is a square or rectangle. Yeah. The house built on it. And you're like, well, this, I, this is mine. Yeah. If I pay. This imaginary government. It isn't like who's in charge. Yeah. And then, 
And then you think even weirder, something like a condo where you're buying in, you're just buying a square in the sky. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're buying just a piece of the air, piece of the, the, of nothing. That is so weird. Yeah. So if the condo's gone, do you own anything? Do you own that square of air? And you, you can c- build a fresh condo there. Yeah. You, or you could, or you could like climb up a ladder and sit on the top of a ladder in your airspace you own. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just days off because you give me so much to think about. Mm-hmm. Now, it always weirds me out because I love to go on my little wilderness desert drives. And mm-hmm. when you're just out in the middle of nowhere and there's nothing to see and no structures and it's all fenced off and it's like private property, don't get in here. And it's like, well, says who? Mm-hmm. It's just land. I'm just going to go walk on it. No, it's, it's, it's kind of the same way you think about stuff like money, like a lot of these stuff, marriage, things that yeah. are just kind of concepts in your head that don't actually exist. Yeah. You can say you're married to someone, but you're just two people close together. Yeah. At any, they could just leave at any moment. And if you're not, and if you're not worried, you know, this is all about owning things like money and property. If you don't think about it in that way, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. I, re- I heard some NPR podcast or show about money years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about some island nation that would use these giant stones for money. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, how are they you know, transacting with these stones. But they wouldn't. The stones would just stay there, this boulder. And, and they would, would be would like, talk oh, about it. oh, that's Bob's now. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, Rick, I'll give you this stone for four cows. Oh, okay. Now yeah. that's mine. But it's the same idea. Yeah, it is. We, we have l- all, yeah. little pieces of metal with faces on them. We have our Man of War Challenge coins. Uh-huh. And then paper, green paper with little, you know, little squiggly stuff on it. It's, it's weird. So... It's owned by a private company. Mm-hmm. In 2013 or so, a feral, exotic Russian pig is spotted uh, near Antelope Island. Okay. Uh, the lake, the Great Salt Lake is very shallow, so even in times of drought, the waterline really recedes. So this pig does not belong here. Officers chased after it until it drowned. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's weird. And then they're wondering, well, that's not supposed to be here. You know, if that, you know, these pigs have diseases that aren't native to our land and it could ruin the pig farmers down south. With, with some Why ex- is exotic, there a Russian exotic pig? So when you say pig? Russian, literally this pig is supposed to be in Russia. Yeah. And I, and I believe we're talking about those things that like kings go hunt, like a boar. Like a big pig. Yeah. A little feral like pig. A big, like spiky pig thing with tusks yeah okay. i guess so this island what they did the, the company that owns it was leasing it to this other company that ran annual hunting expeditions to hunt these wild boars oh. and and exotic sheep and at least one cow and now I'm hoping that it was guys with spears stalking these boars oh no but probably machine guns it was rich dentists yeah, no, and, absolutely and, rich dentists. And, and billionaire sons. So the company that was running these hunting expeditions like defaulted on their loan. They owed thousands of dollars to the landowners. Because mm-hmm. oddly enough, not the, not the most above-the-board kind of people. <laughs> but something's got to be done about these swine. So state and federal officials um, hired a guy to fly over and shoot them from the sky and killed 55 of them. What? How did they get them here? I don't know. A train? How do you get these pigs in? Like barrels with with an air hole cut (laughs) in it? That's what it was. Yeah, it was just like in The Hobbit when they were floating down the river. I was thinking of The Hobbit, too. Yeah, barrels with air holes in it. And these poor little pigs that didn't mean nobody no harm. Yeah, they're just far from home. They can't speak English. You know, they're, they're used to Russian. It's traumatic. I guess the, the climate's not too different. Salt Lake has a, a very long winter. This, uh, this line from the Tribune article, according to a report from the man hired to remove the pigs, he killed 55 in September and thought there were maybe 10 left. He planned to return when he had access to a helicopter again. <laughs> Wait, what? So, I mean, was this that important? Like... They made it sound super important. We got to get rid of these pigs because yeah. we don't know what diseases it'll have. Yeah. And then they just said, kill as many as you can. And then, oh, you didn't get them all? Well, we'll yeah, whatever. <laughs> 
Well, uh, why, why didn't they go out the next day with a helicopter? And doesn't the... Did the helicopter crash? Doesn't the Forest Service or the Division of Wildlife... Don't they have a helicopter? Who was having him So they, they're hiring some guy... And then having him provide... And then he's got to borrow a helicopter no, from it, his buddy? He, I, I bet you at the last minute he got a letter that said, B-Y-O-H, bring <laughs> your own helicopter. Yeah. And, and he just said, this deal's getting worse and worse. <laughs> Uh, and so they're now noticing um, a steep decline in the sheep on the island because the pigs have been eating them. This doesn't make any sense. Why would they not finish the job? Leave ten, kill 55, but leave 10. This, this is a great, great place to insert a really easy government joke, but I'm not even going to go there. I just want to know why they wouldn't finish it. Like this, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And see, then we got a problem with the sheep, too. The sheep aren't even local. So now, yeah, so now we've killed all the pigs that were eating the sheep, but uh, the sheep, if they get to another island, will like infect our sheep and bison and kill them. So why don't we pay someone to kill as many as they feel like? Oh, no, 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 sir. I kill pigs. I don't kill no sheep. <laughs> if you want to kill sheep, I know a guy down in St. George, he'll kill a sheep. Yeah. I only kill pigs. I, this is my pig hunting gun. Pig hunter. That could be possible. He's got a soft spot for sheep, yeah. and he just... Maybe that's why he doesn't have the. He just doesn't have the skill set. It's a whole. Oh, it's a whole different type of killing. Of course, of course, you don't realize this. You know, being a city boy, a pampered city boy. That's true. Listening to your silly little heavy metal. Yeah. No, no, no. Killing a sheep and killing a pig, two different, two different different things. It's not even the same murder. No, if someone tells you they're good at both, they're probably good at neither. Right. You know, the only murder we know about is crows. Exactly. Surrounding us, circling us. (laughs) Exactly. They've been oddly quiet lately, but that's just the calm before the storm. <laughs> the storm of swords. Yes. So A feast for crows. So I think it's time for my weekly segment, Keep Off Degrassi. Mm-hmm. We're at the season two finale. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. It's called uh, Past Tense. That doesn't but sound good. But Pass is P-A-S-S. It's not past tense. It's past tense. So this is about grades? It's about grades. So there's a lot going on. Um, uh, You know, we're wrapping up the school year. We're Mm going to graduate, go to high school. uh, And high school starts in ninth grade here in Degrassi land. Mm -hmm. So these are eighth graders graduating. They'll be ninth graders next year. Mm -hmm. Lots of hunky guys in high school. We're excited about that. I'm sure. A lot of preparations. I guess it's tradition for the underclassmen who aren't graduating to do all the prep for the big dance for the seniors it's or only outgoing fi- whatevers. It sounds right. Yeah, people didn't think that was fair. Oh, is this a new thing in the school? No, it's tradition, but they still like They uh, still this got sucked. riled up. Um, Joey and Wheels and Snake of the band Zit Remedy, I've mm. been talking about them all season. Right. They finally they, they, they their had way. They had their underwear party. They had their underwear party. <laughs> <laughs> they have finally called their way or conned their way into playing at the dance. So they're finally going to make their oh, debut, wow. their live debut. And as you recall, it's a bass, a guitar and a keyboard. Just and then I think pretty much all three of them singing <laughs> with a really g- raw garage type sound. No drums. <laughs> do you know how that would sound? I do know how that would sound because it shows it. <laughs> oh, they don't have in the sound, They don't have a drum just mysteriously in the background. No, kind of, no. They just sound awful. And it's just loud. Yeah. I think they're really playing. You know how you can tell. When an actor is obviously not actually playing a guitar, mm-hmm. uh, like, like Miami Connection, <laughs> like yeah. just gripping the yeah. neck of the guitar Gri- with your entire it. hand. Like not only they're they're not playing, they don't even really know what, what playing it, is. Yeah, like what is making what, the noise? And that drives me crazy. I mean, for a ridiculous movie like Miami Connection, I get it, but you'll even see it in things, you know, say I don't know, Full House or something. Mm-hmm. Where you think, could you not just take five minutes to find a picture of someone playing a guitar? Or, yeah, a short YouTube video. Turn on MTV or I, YouTube or whatever. And so they're just gripping it and then just like... Their hands, and then yeah, their open hands hand, are like, like they're waving. out, like they're waving. It's like they're waving to their belly button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh. And then sometimes when they don't have a guitar strap and they're holding it with their fingers and then playing the strings with their thumb. Right. <laughs> The other thing that a lot of people in movies, when they don't know how guitars work, do is they're they're with their one hand instead of gripping the neck, they're kind of doing these leads. Oh, but yeah. then it'll just be playing like a strumming. Dun, 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 yeah, but they're dun, they're dun, like dun, dun. like just just look like Eddie Van Halen yeah. with their hands. Yeah, 
Now, there, there, last night I was watching some TV show that had the guy from Lost. Remember the weirdo from Lost that drove me crazy? The like, guy that talked weird with the glasses. Like, they kept him hostage, and then he ended oh, up... Oh, Ben Linus? Ben, yeah. yeah. So he's in some new show. A yeah, person of interest, I think. It's him and the guy that played Jesus in uh, Passion of the Christ. And, and, oh, and the, yeah. the guy that, at the end of Requiem for a Dream... <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to talk about that actually. Anyway, um, Jim Cavazil. Yeah, that's him. Isn't he Jesus in that movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, person of interest. So they were ha- they were hacking last night. <laughs> oh good. And they had a laptop open, and that Ben Linus guy. It was by far the worst computer hacking I've ever seen. He was moving all his fingers, but it was like he was stretching them, and they were just fluttering. And then he wasn't even hitting the keys on some of them. So the screen's doing all this shit, you know, like numbers are flying by, and it looked like he was doing, like, jazz hands, you know, above a keyboard. It was terrible. I can't believe they didn't take another take and go, you know, at least least touch a couple keys, you know, here and there, which he was a little bit, but it was... It was, and it was a, a tight shot, a close-up shot of his hands. It kind of blew my mind. Yeah. It was bad. If you want to have some fun, listeners out there, go to hackertyper.com. Is that a real thing? It's a real thing, and it's just a black screen with gr- gr- green letters. And whenever you hit a key, it just puts in some random code. Oh, stuff. yes, I've been there. So you can go in and just start, start doing that, and then you're seeing all this stuff come up. It's, it's really it's fun. It's pretty fun. Yeah. It's a good, very meditative kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so they're going to play at the big graduation dance. Uh, This is an interesting one. There's a lot of improvisation in the show in general where you can tell that the directors are like, so kids, uh, you're you're making crafts for the prom, so just talk about that. And there's a lot of shots that last way longer than they should where everyone's talking at the same time and because it's not lines that they've memorized, they sound even weirder than they're normally I, already I, bad I can, acting. I can describe. I mean, I can imagine this. Yeah. Because they're already the, bad actors. Right. But then they have to improvise. So it's like, oh, hey, can I have that glue stick? I can't wait for the prom. It's, and like five people talking at once. I can picture it exactly. There's a lot of that going on in this episode. So the script must have come in way short. Okay. Um, my big takeaway from this one before I get on to the, the big plot and the thrilling climax, mm-hmm. is the 80s fashion. I don't remember the 80s in terms of like fashion and music and stuff. I was a kid, so I very much remember G.I. Joe and Transformers right. and, and stuff like that. And I, but, I couldn't really... I don't know what teenagers were doing. I couldn't even really tell you how I dressed, thinking back. Yeah, I have no idea. I had T-shirts and pants and shorts. Yeah. But I mean, besides from a few specific T-shirts, I, I, I could have been wearing anything. Yeah, I had no interest. It wasn't until the 90s that I finally thought, like, oh, I should wear the fashions of the day. I don't even think I picked out my own clothes until until I was, like, 12 or something. I I think my mom just went school shopping without me. Yeah, no, I think I was about 12. And, yeah, she'd buy me some new outfits, and she knew what I liked. Because because it was what she liked. Yeah. (laughs) No, I liked bright colors, so I loved, like, TNC shirts or something that says, like, Quicksilver. No, I did like that. Like, bright green. TNC. TNC kind of stuff. And then I would wear shorts that are made out of just, I don't know, material. Mm-hmm. But like with real, like they were kind of like, um, like swimsuit shorts, but yeah. they were just shorts. So with like super bright colored patterns on them. I think those were called jams. Maybe. Is that, is that a name? I have no idea. But so then when I see something like hot tub time machine or, mm-hmm. or what's that Adam Sandler movie where he's eighties uh, guy. I don't know. Who cares? But, oh, a wedding singer? Yeah, sure. So whenever I see anything that's made now but flashed back to the 80s, I'm like, that's ridiculous. That's not really what... What things looked like. Yeah, it can't be that everybody was going around like that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the extreme people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the, in Degrassi, like hands down, if I didn't know it was made in 1988, I would think it was a farce about the 80s. Yeah. So at the prom, like the girl had the, the ponytail on the side thing going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, spark a girl with a sparkly top. Uh, one of the girls was wearing just straight up like that Madonna outfit with like a lot of pearls and fingerless gloves. Yeah, like the and, like, a dress like a virgin Madonna. Shoulder. Yeah, okay. yeah. And um, and even the teacher. There's this amazing scene where they're taking the test, and the teacher's there like, "I'm sorry, time's up." And then he stands up, and he's got the sleeves of his 
minutes of his suit rolled up. And then it's like straight up a guy from Ferris Bueller's Day Off or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's got a big mustache and he's wearing a tie and a jacket, but then the sleeves are rolled up. Wow. And like Joey from the band wears like a fedora, but where it's just barely resting on the back of your head oh, and you yeah. can seal your hair. <laughs> so, oh, and then, you know, bright, weird, bright green clothes, big giant sweaters on the mm-hmm. guys. So they have their dance. Um, here's the thing. Joey gets held back. He's not going to graduate. Whoa. Yeah. Is it, that sounds like it could break the band up. Well, that's what, we're, that's what I'm afraid of, because Wheels and Snake have been practicing. Joey's nowhere to be found. Hmm. They went and confronted him at the, the pinball shop. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Arcade? No, just, just like a building with a pinball machine in it. Like a probably, pi- it's probably like a pizza shop or something. Okay. But, uh, and he's like, forget it. I, I'm not graduating. I don't want to do this. Um. The other twist is because of shifting populations, uh, the high schools are full. Oh. So ninth grade will still be at Degrassi Junior. <laughs> How convenient. Yeah, I know. Yeah, very convenient. <laughs> very since, convenient. Since, since only a third of the cast is graduating and the rest are younger. Very convenient that, high, that ninth grade will, in fact, be at Degrassi Junior High as well. <laughs> so everyone's bummed out about that. You know, they don't actually get to graduate. They'll mm-hmm. be the oldest ones with a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the prom. Joey walks in and he's wearing a tuxedo shirt and like a giant like Orson Welles <laughs> like opera jacket, like opera singer jacket. I don't know <laughs> where you're not where you don't put your arms through the sleeves. It just rests. on Oh, your yeah. Shoulders. Like a cape. Yeah. Like a cape. <laughs> like Dracula it, or something. Like a cape, but it's a jacket. OK. And uh, and he's and he's got his keyboard. They plug in. They're going to play. Wow. And it's so weird because we've seen them rehearse this whole time and it's just been like. Garage band, like mm-hmm. white, I mean, obviously poor man's white stripes sounding. <laughs> and, uh, and he hooks up his keyboard and, and it starts the drum machine and it's like, boom, tsh, boom, boom, tsh, boom, tsh, <laughs> wow. boom, boom. And instead they, they pull off this like slow, totally uh, like new order sounding version. Really? With the, with the big keyboard line and, and the bass is clean and it's really slow and they're singing really nicely. Wow, that's great. Yeah, and everybody's loving it. And, you know, great scene. I love season finales of TV shows. I just love them. Okay. When there's, and I love it when there's some kind of scene that like shows all the characters one by one and maybe mm-hmm. they're having a good, they're at a party or something. I don't know. So they show everyone one by one. They're having a great time. They're bopping along. Uh, Spike, who uh, you'll be glad to know, even though she got kicked out of school, she passed all her tests. Wow, nice. And she's wearing like a maternity Nehru jacket. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the only way I can describe it. It's a Nehru jacket dress. Okay. Maternity and she grabs her stomach and goes, oh, no. And her friend says, what's wrong, Spike? Is it the music? <laughs> and she goes, no, the baby's coming. Freeze frame and credits. Wow. Yeah. Now that's an ending. That's that, an that, ending. That's a cliffhanger. Oh, boy. Eat your heart out, Game of Thrones. I know. They ain't got nothing on this. Yeah, and I hate that I have to wait all summer for the conclusion yes. until the next season. Stressing me out. Are you, I, wait a minute. Is this? No, they're all on YouTube. Okay. I can watch That's it tonight. Well, I, but I, th- I, thought, I remember you saying they're, they're new. They're starting it again or something. Oh, I'm going to be watching Degrassi until I'm an old until man. You die. Yeah, there's there's fo- so there, many. There's 40 seasons. There's one more season of Junior High, and then I think there's three seasons of Degrassi High. Okay. And then there's The Next Generation with Aubrey Drake. Okay. And now apparently a new one. So you got, you got, you got some... So it's, it's going to be d- junior high forever. And then if I really want to get fancy, I'll try to dig up uh, copies of the kids of Degrassi Street, which wow. was on before Degrassi Junior High. Holy cow. Yeah. It's an institution, man. Wow. Do we have any Canadian listeners? I'd really like to know what kind of impact this show had yeah, on good the idea. Canadian youth. Um, did it air throughout Canada? Was it only in Toronto? I know Degrassi Junior High or Degrassi High was on PBS here. In Salt Lake. Yeah, if you're from Canada, let us know. Yeah, I really, yeah, I'd really love to know if this had a cultural impact there. What's our contact for that? That is worldchampionpodcast at gmail.com. That's the best way to reach us. There's mm-hmm. facebook.com. Just look for World Champion Podcast. On Instagram, we're World Champion Pod. And on Twitter, we are Smogville Fair. So do reach us, just like, I guess, here's the crazy thing about email. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you, you can, you don't even have to be in the same place. At all. We have an email from a man in Belgium. 
Wow. Do you even know where that is? It's, it's I have no idea. It's like on a mountain or something. It's somewhere on a mountain, probably. No, it's lowland. Actually, it's the lowlands. Oh yeah, they have to. They have the the. It's uh, one of the low countries. The what are they called? Those walls that hold water. Well, that's hot. That, yeah, that's Holland. But I know they're close. They're like next to each other. Mm-hmm. They're the low country. Flemish. Where's Flemish? Fleming. Flemland. Flemland. Yeah, Flemland's where Rembrandt's from, right? Wasn't Rembrandt in Flemland? I believe so. <laughs> I don't know. Uh. So our Belgian friend writes in. Seems like it uh, maybe took him a while to catch up with us. So glad to have you back in my ear canals. Thank you, man. Newt. He calls himself Newt. Or Newt. Now, maybe. New, if it's French. Newt. Newt. I'm going to say Newt. Newt, because it's like alien. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening with glee to your new episodes, and I'm awed by the seeming random yet thoroughly interesting paths your conversations take. Uh, I've not contacted you sooner as I'm always a little behind because it does take a while to get through customs. and Well, the time difference, too. The time, the time difference is a problem Yeah, to get to Belgium. There's that statue of the boy peeing. Is that in yeah, Belgium? That's in Belgium. Growing up, some friends of the family had one of, a replica of that in their backyard. It was delightful. Hilarious. Hilarious. Ah! I love it when they turn that fountain on. <laughs> Because it's just cool to have a fountain for one yeah. thing, and then it's a it's a kid peeing. <laughs> um, my thoughts are a little scattershot anyway, and I didn't feel I had anything constructive to say. Neither do we ever. ever so yeah, that's, that's uh, this will fit in perfectly. Um, not that now is all that special, but I've just started watching The People versus O.J. Simpson. Oh now, yeah. Now keep in mind he's in Belgium, so he says I sort of knew about the case. I'd kind of gained some traction overseas. Uh, but more in peripheral things like stand-up comedy comments or, or mentions on The Simpsons or mentions of Johnny Cochran. And then, of course, there's that Seinfeld character based on Johnny Cochran. Mm-hmm. Uh, the case itself didn't really get much media attention here, or at least I don't recall there being any. I found it fascinating to get this definitive, it seems, take on the matter. But what was far more fascinating was John Travolta as Robert Shapiro. Now, I know you boys uh, have that enamoredness with the man, the legend, so I was wondering if you were aware of the show and him in it. would love to hear your take on it as well. Uh, I'm watching it with my wife, just the first episode so far, and any time Travolta appeared, she had to stifle a little shudder of loathing at how he had been made to look. <laughs> so uh, I, got a, I got a lot to say about this. First of all, it blows my mind to hear him say it didn't get much more attention. I know. It's all we saw for years. For a couple of years, it was literally the only thing on the news. Yeah. Constantly, not even on the news. They, you know, you're watching your five o'clock news. No, we're, let's just cover it 24 hours a day. Yeah. And then all the late night talk shows, Saturday Night Live, nothing but jokes about it. Um, and the trial itself was televised. <laughs> and, and then I remember when they re- read the verdict, we stopped school. Really? The school stopped. They're like, oh, the jury's come to a verdict. So everyone just stop what you're doing and turn your TVs on. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I watched the car chase. Uh, I think it was during the NBA finals was the car chase. I, I, I remember it too. I watched it, but I'm not sure yeah. what I was doing. I know that I went to Taco Bell and then came back to continue watching it. I remember that very vividly. Hmm. Got nachos. <laughs> um, so there's that. I've only watched the first episode. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, and I just heard an interview with Marsha Clark, the prosecutor, who said, who praised the show and said, like, yeah, that's they nailed it. Yeah, have you seen any of it? Not yet. Have you seen what John Travolta looks like? Because because he, he's not wrong. Does he look like a monster? He looks like an absolute monster. I, I think I have seen pictures of him. He's gained weight. They've got his hair his his hair thinned out, right? Or is it fake hair? Uh, no, it's a little bit thinned out, and then he's got his eyebrows are about an inch from top to bottom. <laughs> So he's got these giant, obviously fake eyebrows. Uh-huh. And then he's talking in this, in not quite his Barbarino accent, but it's mm-hmm. not his John Travolta voice. Oh, God. I just, this sounds so amazing. It's, you know, it's like we were talking about with Spotlight and what's uh, the big short. Oh, yeah. Where you're taking very famous people and giving them weird haircuts. Yeah, weird hair. So this, and then um, Ross is in it, David mm-hmm. Schwimmer, and he's playing Robert Kardashian. So oh, wow. he's got um, he's got a big mustache and then this really bizarre streak of gray in his poofy <laughs> hair, but I, but still it's like okay I know what Robert Kardashian looks like and I know what Ross looks like, <laughs> so this is just so weird. So just it, the whole thing is weird. Yeah, it's just weird. Um, but it was good. I meant to catch up with it. The first episode was really riveting. Yeah, we'll have to talk about it sometime. Yeah. I, I've been meaning to watch it as well. 
Um, let's see. We got a letter from Brighton. I always just send emails to ourselves when yep. I can't remember. They're the most important ones. Wi- starred. William Shallert passed away. Okay. At the ripe age of 93. That's incredible. It's a good life. Um, he's been on pretty much all every TV show. Mm. Uh, what makes him relevant to us is that he was on the Star Trek original series episode, Trouble with Tribbles. Mm-hmm. Um, what, who did he? Who was he on that? He did he? He's not the guy that brought the Tribbles. No, no, that that he. I think he was, he's the guy that betrayed him. There was a guy that was secretly a Klingon. Remember, because the Tribbles would would go crazy around Klingons, and Klingons hated Tribbles as well. Yeah, and uh, did he he like ran the commissary yeah. or something he, where the big fight happened? He ran the the facility, whatever it was. I think it was a space station. Okay, yeah, distress call made by Nils Barris. That's who he played. He's the undersecretary of agriculture. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, because he's the one. Oh, who the wanted, grain. Yeah, where they had to guard the shipments of of crow food. Yeah, the crow food. <laughs> Do you remember the scientific name for it? It you was nailed it. It was a. Uh, Oh, what was it? It was it's quadrotritophetamine or something. Or yeah, that, that's something. Quadrotritophetamine. Like oh, I can't remember. Yeah, we we did one of our old podcasts at, at Salt Lake Comic Con a few years ago. We did a live review of the Trouble with Tribbles. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was it was really one of the highlights of my life. Yeah. at least of the last ten or thirty six years or so. Yeah. yeah, we did a live episode. Um, we were nervous as hell. Mm-hmm. I think, um, was it our first one? We, it was our first did... one. It's okay. in front of a huge crowd of like Thoughts. 30. Yeah, like 3,600. Yeah, like 3,600 people. Right. Um, but no, it was so awesome because we did this amazing episode. Um, we we got a standing ovation. People cheered and clapped. Mm-hmm. We got tons of huge laughs. Right. And we looked at each other, nodded, and went, that couldn't have gone better. Can't wait to listen to it again. Right. Well, Mr. Smart Guy, and I'm just going to go ahead and call him out, uh, whoever he is. Mm-hmm. I don't know his name. Yeah, Mr. Know-it-all. I'm probably not listening. The fucking recording engineer redlined the whole thing. Yeah. Because apparently he couldn't be bothered to put on some fucking headphones and check the levels. Right. Which seems pretty basic if you're recording sound. Especially if that's your entire job. Yeah, and you know we all make mistakes, but come on. So we get the episode, and it is just... <laughs> so the episode is ruined. Don't even bother trying to listen to it. We tried to fix the audio as best we could, but it's just bullshit. It just sucks. Mm, yeah. So thanks a lot for that, buddy. Kind of. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's like someone, as, as a podcaster talking about Star Trek, it's the equivalent of, of like your red wedding photos getting ruined. Right. Like, oh, thanks for these wedding photos that you spilled coffee on. Mm-hmm. Or le- left the lens cap on. Yeah. 2,500 photos of just, just black. One of my old coworkers, um, this, this clown was like, <laughs> oh no, the SD card like got corrupted. And her parents are saying, okay, well, we'll pay whatever it takes. Let's find a hacker to type real fast and, and fix it. And you're like, And no. finally he goes, I, I mean, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you be a professional wedding photographer and lose the SD card? <laughs> Why are you, where, where are you even putting it? Why aren't you taking it straight from the camera into a computer? Yeah. You're just like, I'll just put that in my pocket. He's like, just put it on, throw it in the backseat of my car. Let's go on this road trip in my convertible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, so Barris. Anyway, legendary guy. And what's funny is I remember watching Nick at night and seeing him on the Patty Duke show. And uh, he was an old man then. And this is a show from the fifties. I know it's it's he interesting. Was old. He was pretty old in that Star Trek episode. Yeah, like much older than us. He was. He's in his fifties probably. Man, you, you know what though? If you want to feel old, mm-hmm. Alec Guinness was only six years older than you when he filmed Star Wars. That's that's not true. No, that's that's bullshit. Oh, for <laughs> a minute, I my my heart literally like skipped a beat. Yeah, no, nah, I was like, his, my god, he was in his sixties. But that would be really funny. That would be that he looked that terrible. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. So I don't know. He it, was he one of those actors that was in. If you look at his IMDb, it's like thousands of episodes of TV. Yeah, it definitely is. Like. Yeah, literally thousands and movies and mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, off to the great. Well, no wait, we have well, what do we call it now? Sky. No, the the no, great. I'm talk- oh, the, 
There was a new thing I was going to call heaven, remember? We were talking about it online. The great... <laughs> let me think for one second. Just stall for time. I'll remember he it. He married to his wife for 66 years. Isn't that lovely? She passed away last year. So oh, wow. you could say he died of a broken heart. Yeah. Or that he died of being 93. <laughs> Is there a difference? <laughs> no. I think anyone that his, dies technically dies of a broken heart. Patty right? Duke died a month ago. Mm-hmm. And she played his teenage daughter on the Patty Duke show. Oh, my God. And, and he outlived her. Wow, that's kind of... Do you know, I was looking at pictures of Sean Astin today for some reason. <laughs> yeah, why not? Because <laughs> yeah, your screensaver came on. Yeah, yeah, because just, you know, the screensaver where it's just a bunch of different pictures of, of Sam from The Hobbit and, or whatever <laughs> show he was in. Rudy. And then just uh, photos, fan photos I found online of him talking at Comic-Con panels. <laughs> his gray hair and his thick reading glasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you want to you feel old. He's only six years older than you. What? Actually, I don't know. He's, he's probably younger he's, than both of us. I think he's a few years older. He's got to be a couple years old. Cause when was Goonies? No, he's, he's older than us, for sure. He was probably 12 in Goonies. And when like I saw him at Comic-Con, he looked shockingly old. I, I couldn't believe I think I dragged you over there to look at him. <laughs> hey, come look at this guy. Look, he's just so middle-aged. Oh, Jesus. I... I on Wikipedia I tried to type in Sean Astin and I typed Sean Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> now speaking of a guy that looks terrible, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Rude. I'm kidding. We all look terrible. I had to. It was a, yeah. it was a slam dunk. Yeah, Sean Astin is 45. He is six years older than you. Oh my god. Okay. Well, that that joke like worked out perfect yeah. somehow. It's like Stockton and Malone. It was like a backward. <laughs> wow, that was inc- kind of incredible. That was an incredible backward. Uh, Backward coordination. Have you figured out what heaven's called yet? No. The great something in the sky? The big, it was something. The, the big, like the big snoozer? No, it was something. Oh, it's going to drive me insane. We will never be able to find it because. Because we'd chat all day. All day long. So it's, it's back about 40,000 messages. Yeah, if you want to scroll. Going clear back to yesterday morning. Yeah, if you want to scroll back at six hours from now. Eh, never mind. It doesn't matter. It'll come to me. Okay, I'm just going to keep scrolling up and then do Control-F. <laughs> but what... Do you have any clue what it is? No. Big? Great? It's the big something in the sky. Okay, I'm going to do Control-F sky. Less risky to make a new... Okay, that's the only instance of sky in the last week. Oh, that's in that. We we have several chats going on, though. Oh, yeah. This, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It might matter, though. It'll... Oh, hey, let's stall a little bit more, though. I found out what principals do. Okay, yeah, tell um, me. Uh, yeah, I was hanging out with a teacher on Saturday, and we had a whiteboard. So she drew the hierarchy. Um, she used cats as an analogy. Uh, I don't know why. But okay. um, basically, the principal is the boss. The principal would be like the boss of your company. Okay. So there's the principal. There's three assistant principals, who each one of them handles each grade. So, okay. So, like, assistant principal for the tenth graders will will just handle anything for the tenth graders, and then the main principals over everybody. Then there's department heads, okay. uh, and then the teachers, and then the students. So this teacher, Megan, uh, is a history teacher. So she has a history master. Yeah. The person in charge of all the history people. Yeah. So she's yeah, and then she has the history master, and then um, and then and that- then above them would be the principal. Or, or depending on the grade, the assistant principal. But well, the, the principal does indeed like do the hiring and set budgets and even think of little things like hire the sprinkler fixing man and so stuff like that. So does, the principal is the bossy boss. Does If you're a history teacher and you teach more than one grade, then who do you, which assistant principal has jurisdiction over you? I think you kind of, uh, well, it depends on like, whatever student you're dealing with. Oh. The assistant principals deal more with the students than the teachers. What about curriculum? What if like, they, they have a problem with your, your whole program, and then you just say, well, I don't give a shit what the seventh grade vice principal thinks? No, You're the not... principal would be over that. Okay. The, 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 no, the assistant principals for the grades are strictly for issues with the students. So if an eighth grader uh, stole, oh, okay, stole okay. a calculator, okay, I getcha. then that one would, would deal with it. 
Um, so the assistant principals, it sounds like, don't deal with like teacher type HR issues. Did she go higher up? Did she talk about the regional principals? <laughs> um, not really, because I, I asked that though, because that's kind of what I was thinking was, does I the way I thought it would be is you go interview with say the Salt Lake School District. And then they're like, okay, you're going to be a good teacher, and we need a history teacher at Viewcrest mm-hmm. High School. Smogville Junior High. Smogville Junior High, and then they assign you there. But no, you interview with the principal of the school that you're applying to. And okay. then, you'll, you, and then you'll, you'll interview with the principal and the department head. Okay. And see if it's a good fit, and then they'll, they'll get you up. But this, But the, if it goes higher, then there must be the regional... Kind of people, yeah. So that, so that's where then I'm the so entire confused. state, then the entire country, and then it goes up to God, right? Is God at the top? Yeah, yeah, God's at the top. Alanis Morissette right at the top. Alanis Morissette at the top. Oh yeah, because there's got to be a superintendent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't dig deep enough. There's, there's superintendent. It's just and the then tip. There's probably there's got to be the state board of education. Mm-hmm. This is the tip of the iceberg. And then the department of education. Maybe your whiteboard wasn't big enough. No, it wasn't. It was all full. So you're, that's end of discussion. Yeah. Full whiteboard. So I still don't know who the Nick Fury is then. I bet the Nick Fury is the head of, is like in the cabinet, in the president's cabinet. It would be. It would be, yeah. it would be, he, he probably knows the, the president. Yeah. So who is the uh, secretary of education right now? Who's Nick Fury? Um, secret education. Oh. Oh. Okay, this sounds even better. Let's just end it now, and I'm going to read secreteducation.com. Okay. The guy failed to type the entire word secretary. This this is probably more interesting anyway. It definitely (laughs) is. We'll see you next week at the fair. Good night. (laughs)